Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Andrew, hit us with the spoiler cast theme song for this week. Unbreakable. It's a sequel, dang it. <laughs> it's a miracle. Uh, oh, yeah, that, it's a spoiler cast, and that's yeah. the big spoiler. Uh, welcome to the Sif Pop spoiler cast, where we don't worry about telling you any of the spoilers, because we assume you've seen the movie, or you don't care. In this case, you better have seen the movie, Yeah, because this is one experience we want you to be able to have. We're oh, going to talk man. about Split. Uh, and the incredible, incredible last what five six seconds of this movie that the, the last two blew minutes our of minds. The film. I will, I'll say this: I was not enjoying the movie until five seconds was left. Yeah. Then I then I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> well, because the I mean, it changes so much about how you see everything that happened before it. You know, yeah, it's, and, it's that's, a, and that's what a good twist does. And it was there. That's the thing. It like, was when there. When you look back, like, it was there. And that's what made it so effective. Like, I mean, I loved the movie the entire way through, and then that was just the cherry on top. Like, I, it was perfect. I got Shyamalan. I was, I was enjoying the movie as well, and that took it to another level for me. I think it... For me, I was I felt like I was watching a B minus movie that turned into an A minus movie. You know, it Brilliant, was man, yeah. High. And I just love like movies where the audible reaction that it got out of us. <laughs> like Aaron Somebody... goes, Aaron goes, he did that, <laughs> he did that. Yeah, because I was uh, I was sitting next to Devon and Aaron was behind us in the theater, and uh, the split. We're, the thing we're talking about is yeah, just make it explicit because you said it yeah, in the theme yeah. song, but just make it explicit. The movie Split that we just saw is the twist in it is that it is actually a sequel to the 2000 film Unbreakable, in, in our favorite sequel. Shyamalan movie. <laughs> a, secret a secret sequel? How mind-blowing is that? Like it's the like, fact, yeah. That's what I said. Like, the fact that they were able to keep this under wraps oh. through, I mean, still, like, I mean... And a lot of I people no saw idea. it at uh, Fantasy Fest last, sept- or, last September. Yeah, an yeah. AFI Fest uh, mm-hmm. showed it in November. Do you think that they left that part out of the movie? Like... No, no, because no, people are now saying I can finally, you yeah. know, tell other people I about podcast what I saw that have been like losing their mind because they saw it back a couple months huh. ago. And, like, I cannot imagine keeping that. Wow. Secret. 
Yeah. Anyway, so it is actually a sequel to Unbreakable. Not, and I feel, I've heard some people, uh, you know, talk about it as like a like a nod to Unbreakable. No, I it's, don't th- no, no, it's a legit that, it's sequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the very end of the movie, we find out that this entire movie takes place in the Unbreakable universe, and uh, it, because we see Bruce Willis's character, and and what tipped it off, they're first, gonna fight. They were telling the story about. <laughs> They're like, oh, this sounds just like that crazy guy in the wheelchair 15 years ago. Yeah. And then he just goes, Mr. Glass. Glass. I know. As soon as they and said I was the guy, like, crazy guy in the wheelchair, wheelchair, I think I went, what? Yeah. Because I looked at Devon, like the crazy guy in the wheelchair. I was like, Mr. Glass, Mr. Glass, Mr. Glass. And apparently the Unbreakable theme was playing. It was. I didn't yeah, that was the Unbreakable it. theme playing during that yeah. scene. Yeah, I didn't recognize it. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, you know, somebody at the counter moves back and there's Bruce Willis Look, and he says, Mr. Mr. Glass. His and name was Mr. His Glass. His name was Mr. Glass. And that's how so, it ends. And really only about half of the audience caught it. Like, yeah. Some yeah, it was people about 50, did 50. not catch it. And I think that's going It's going to be really interesting to see how people react to this movie. You'll my, be able to know who's the watched M-Night Shyamalan. Fans, yeah. yeah. M. Night sure. fans are going to lose their minds because like we been, did. They've been talking about it for years. Yeah. He said he wanted to make it a... a Trilogy. trilogy and then two years ago on screen junkies they did a video and they had Patton oswalt pitching the mm-hmm. the uh, unbreakable trilogy and he pitched a really good movie and like m night heard about it and mike was like i he commented on it. i don't remember what he said so now i'm curious if he had already like had split well, I, in his mind at the time i had found uh an article when i was kind of doing some research last night from a couple years ago where he said he had an idea for the sequel to Unbreakable, but a studio would never make it. And it, the way he talks about it, it is very obvious this is what he was talking about. Like, he yeah. knew what he was going about to do. And, and uh, it all just... makes sense. So, what I, in the main show, when you were talking about uh, the psychologist, you weren't sure if it was a good performance or a bad performance. Like, she knew, and, like, she was the character that was, like, sprinkling in the bits, like, saying, like, there's these people out there with these abilities. And she said abilities. I never, it never clicked. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing that never clicked for me until afterwards that I, I absolutely love because at the time I was like, what, what is he doing? Was the flowers at the train station. He lost his dad in the train wreck that Bruce Willis was in. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that train wreck what? <laughs> created both. Bruce Willis's character and the Horde. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I'm watching Unbreakable tonight. I have to now. I'm watching. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I might see Unbreakable and Split again if I have time. Didn't you think like he's like the whole flowers at the train station? I had no, idea. no talked, idea. And he talked about losing his no dad idea. in a train crash. No and... idea. Oh, <laughs> Split's a good movie now. <laughs> that you telling me that made Split a good movie, and I I did say wow. in podcast proper that. I thought that Split was just okay, (laughs) but I also did say that I'm sure that knowing everything now, going back and getting a second viewing, that I would like the film a lot more. Yeah. Oh! You you doubly blew my mind. (laughs) Nice, good. So the third movie will get someone else that was in that train wreck, presumably. I just want them to fight. Oh, wow. I think think we're we're leading up to a battle. Um, (sighs) And... (laughs) And I just I love I love how it informed not only that but the the themes of it, the title Unbreakable and Split are uh-huh. opposites because mm-hmm. Split is the definition of breakable. Um, you, you're dealing with somebody who's you know broken who's on the broken. inside yeah. but is becoming unbreakable on the outside versus somebody who's unbreakable on the outside who is becoming broken on the inside. 
like it's like the the thematics and everything in this are just a beautiful and to look back it's on the nuts. movie and the other thing about the movie that i kind of didn't like about it that completely changed with that ending was it it got a little bit too supernaturally for me and ridiculous for me towards the end i was like come on yeah and then once i realized it was in a comic book movie i was yeah. like oh that makes perfect sense that's that was my main thing that i wasn't liking about the movie and i'm like Oh, now I understand. So that's that, a and that's a general and, consensus too. Like I, I was watching reviews this morning, and people said that's what like got them to the point of the movie where they're like, "Yeah, I don't know." When you see him climbing on the walls and yeah. stuff, I, I still love that part. But then now that it's all connected and stuff, it, it makes, makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. Do you want to go over uh, well, yeah, uh, over go everything some, chronologically? Well, yeah, we can go through some details chronologically, and you know, I mean, obviously, I I have not. I don't know that I've ever had a movie going experience like that in my life where I, I don't, I don't talk during movies. No, you, you shouted it out. I could not <laughs> help what? it. Went, what? He did not just do did that. Did he just do that? Oh, he didn't do that. <laughs> because it's like, it's like all of a sudden you, you realize in hindsight, you got something you've been dying for forever and you didn't even know you were getting it yeah. until afterwards. And it all just floods on you. Like, you know, it's just the endorphins weren't crazy. And see, it's like, I love that, because, I mean, this past year, we got we got 10 Cloverfield Lane, which dropped, like, a month after they announced it, like, came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then yeah. we had uh, The Woods turning into The Blair Witch being a secret sequel. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't find out, literally, until this movie. Until you watch like, it. It's not in the advertising. They didn't market it. Nothing. It's just, they left it, and that's what I go to the movies for. Like, yeah. have, like, like you said, like, when you have an experience and, like reacting to something in the theater like that's what this movie's for yeah yeah i felt i felt like andrew looks when he does his reaction videos on youtube like yeah. you know <laughs> like that where you put your hands on your head and you stand like that's how i felt was the surrender like, cobra yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> man absolutely you, i cannot get over the train thing now yeah, yeah it's I all didn't just even think about the train thing. yeah it's laid throughout there they mentioned the train <sighs> earlier in the movie uh i think the the um the the counselor does the psychiatrist does mentions him losing his dad in the train wreck and then he at the end he puts those flowers on the on the train station well i remember him saying that the dad left on i thought she was saying like the dad got on train he just left him mm. not yeah. that he died yeah no he wow. died in that train wreck wow yeah that's well, how crazy that's how crazy would it be because remember at the beginning of unbreakable there were two survivors of the train and uh one of them ended up dying right there what if the other guy was the was dad. the father. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I don't know. I really want to go back. And <sighs> I did watch think about. I, I don't. There is no. I, there is no connection, at least that I can see. But I did think about how much the little girl, uh, we, uh who played Anna Taylor Joy's younger self, yeah, like that little girl reminded me of the girl on the train in Unbreakable. It was like peeking through the at the beginning through the you know the train cushions or whatever. But um, I don't think there's any connection there. It's just no. something that, that struck me after I was thinking and, about it. And that's what... Because she would have died. <laughs> exactly. Such, yeah. And that's what was such a good misdirect, too, for it. Because I thought, like, the twist of the movie. Because, like, we're waiting. And this still isn't, like, a twist, per se. It's just... A yeah, it's a reveal. Informa- yeah, yeah, it's a reveal. a reveal. But I thought, like, the twist was going to be... I thought Anya Taylor's character was going to be involved in it somehow. Yeah, so or there's two... I thought she was going to be a personality, maybe. Or <laughs> so I, don't I thought know. that's what I was thinking. So like, I was, that's I thought that's where coming. it was going to go. I, there are two main twists I considered throughout, neither of which happened. It's a very actually a twist, pretty twistless movie. It really is until like, until those last seconds. five seconds or whatever, which is a totally different kind of twist than you're used to. And it's just information, but, really. Yeah, but I 
I think, and, and this is where maybe we can start to go chronological, because we start at a party where they've invited this girl and reluctantly, you know, reluctantly, and and she's obviously somebody who likes to keep to herself. She's awkward, and this is Anna Taylor Joy's character. And this is what I was talking about with you know cramming information because the girl was like, I didn't want to invite her. She goes to detention a lot, so like they're cramming information down your face, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, she's a troubled child. She doesn't like to be around other people. Sure. And they're like, Cram, like, okay, yeah, you could have spread that out. But yeah. That's what I was talking about. So they go out to their car and all, and immediately we're in it um, as the dad's putting stuff in the trunk. Uh, I love the way this was shot so that we weren't sure what was going on with the dad, but it shows a, a perspective of somebody coming up to him and him saying, you know, can I help you? That kind of thing. So we know something's going on. They're oblivious in the car, the three of them, because you've got these two girls, and it turns out to be James McAvoy's character, who is, you know, who deals with split personalities. We find out later that this is Dennis who is doing the abducting, yeah. right? Yeah, it was and Dennis. Dennis is a very um, OCD. OCD. You know, he's he's you know a stronger of the personalities, uh, and so he abducts them. He's actually only trying to abduct the two girls in the back, Here's which a, we find out pretty quickly. Yeah, I have a question about yeah. that. Did he not see her? Sitting no, next to him, he or? did. But this is the first misdirect, right? Exactly. This scene is she shot didn't purposely. She didn't react to it, and she didn't like try to fly out of the car or anything. So I yeah. thought she was involved. Yeah. And then yeah. there was a few other things that happened later that make me think that maybe she was involved somehow. Yeah. This is the first misdirect so that he yeah. really uses to say, you know, maybe there's more to this here, and you know that she's part of this or one of the personalities, like you guys mentioned. You know, that's certainly something he meant for us to think. He meant for us to have a few of those clues that that you know red herrings that that might be the case yeah quick, quick question before we move on from the scene though because i like to get your like i've been watching trailers a lot less lately the cold open is the trailer of oh this is film. it so if you would have seen this beforehand already seeing the cold yeah. open then seeing it how would you have reacted to it <sighs> i well i think it would have just been i i just would have felt like i already saw it yeah like <laughs> you it, know the the trailer of the film is basically that scene minus ah. the, uh, minus the party part so like just the car part oh interesting yeah. is the basically trailer. the trailer yeah um, and then they keep saying the beast over and over again oh in the trailer they do yeah, yeah. Oh, but I- that's really about it the trailer doesn't give anything away I like that better than a typical trailer because it's a- because you just actually dropping you in. Because you're actually leaving the the film in context, and that's my main one of my main problems with trailers is they take the film out of context. True, and true. so uh, that I actually like that better. I still like seeing it all together, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, as one piece. Uh, so, anyways, they're abducted now, and they're all in the same room. Uh, and uh, Dennis comes in again and tries. Well, we should say his name is Kevin. His real name is Kevin, but he has twenty three yes. personalities and a twenty fourth that is apparently emerging, which yes. becomes the main kind of the main plot. Um, and Dennis is, his proclivity is, uh, avoid, well, he also is a voyeur. He likes to watch the, you know, they say he likes to watch girls dance naked or is that still Dennis? Yeah. That's still yeah, Dennis, yeah, right? No, they said that's Dennis. <clears throat> so he comes in and he, and he takes one of the girls and, uh, and tries to, you know, take her to the bathroom and watch her <laughs> dance. She talks about, you know, he wanted me to dance or something like that. And that was all weirdly edited. Because like it was, she just leaves the room and then she comes right back in and she's like, "He wanted me to dance." Like, what? Wait, when? You just left the room two seconds ago. Well, I think well, the, the well, movie. Remember the uh, Anya Taylor Joe's character told her to pee herself, yeah. so that way he'd let go since he was a clean freak. Yeah, because yeah. That so was that, like is that her, what she said? Yeah, yeah she and, said and it showed it afterwards. She, her leg was all wet, and so yeah. she had she had done that. I thought he's. I thought she said behave yourself. No, and Which, I was like. 
what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and here's here's another theme of the movie that is evident throughout, which is hunter and prey, uh, which is predator and prey. And that is a very common thing prey will do to escape a predator is to urinate. Yeah. You know, like it is like in the Anna Joy Taylor, Anya. Anya, Anya. Anya's character uh, knew that we come later to find out because she knew Why? a lot about, you know, hunting and, you know, and predators well, see, and animals. I and, thought it, well, and also just the fact that, like I said, I thought she like already like picked up on the fact of them being OCD so quick and that was true. like, yeah. you're going to germ them out. Yeah. Because she saw him cleaning the car as soon as he got yeah. in. So yeah. I thought it was just a test. I mean, it does go back to the hunting, like just her knowing how to I love those survive details. and stuff. M. Knight is really and good at those her, kind of details. I thought uh, her tie-in of the backstory was really good. I think they it was very organic. I didn't feel like they forced it in with her background. On, yeah. And then... She was abused as a child and then had to go live with her uncle who was her abuser. And then that's what saves her yeah. at the end. Um, so, yeah, really interesting stuff. So anyway, so they're... they're in there, and then we find we meet a couple other personalities. Patricia, who is the woman personality, mm-hmm. basically says, I'll make sure Dennis knows he can't do this. You're for a different purpose. So then we yeah. start to get the clues of that there's something weird going on. They talk about them being food yeah. at some point. I think that's actually the little boy personality that maybe lets that information out. Yeah. No, it um, was, I think it was Dennis or Patricia said that because then. Afterwards, one of the girls was like, "Wait, does he have a dog? Is he going to feed us to the dog?" Yeah, maybe it was and Patricia. She, and yeah, she yeah. didn't seem to care about it. That's what I was talking. Bad acting. Yeah, really bad acting, guys. Um, and then <laughs> and then the little boy character comes in, and that's where Hedwig. they see the Hedwig, who probably my favorite personality. Yeah. And what a great performance by McAvoy. Uh, and and also some of the best humor in the movie comes from that character I'd as well. That, I think you I'd might be pregnant. The kissing scene was hilarious. That scene and the dancing scene. Oh. Uh, apparently yeah, that's, the Kanye dancing. Apparently that's very relevant to the movie. So if you go back and rewatch it, like apparently has like tells out like a mini story in his dance or something. Oh, interesting. Something with, uh, it was in an interview with M Night. So now I want to go back and rewatch that scene. Like it, it wasn't just to show him that. Like apparently there's something in it. So Hedwig can be exploitable, but we find out eventually that these are the three characters that have come to the three personalities that have come to power. That, to be the horde to that are bringing on this you know this 24th personality yeah. which is the beast yeah uh and you know to be the horde so uh so those are the three but the little boy is exploitable because he's nine you know he yeah. has the brain of a nine-year-old and so they figure out he says something about and then he has a useful skill too he can take what, over the he can, he oh, can yeah, come yeah, to the yeah. light whenever he wants that's right, which becomes important later on. Yeah. Um, but they hear him say something about it's safe in here now, and so they realize, oh, they must have drywalled over an escape. And so they find the escape, and um, uh, the blonde girl goes through it, and uh, the little boy's trying to get into the room, but they can keep him out. But then once he turns to Dennis, they can't keep him out because he's stronger now. Uh, because one of the things of this movie is that split personalities aren't just different ways of acting. They actually change the physiology of uh, of people in this movie, and they talk about it that way. And so he was stronger and strong enough to get in there. But Yeah, and that was a really creepy scene because yeah. Hedwig was like really like slamming up against the wall or the mm-hmm. door trying to get in. And then he turns into Dennis, and Dennis just literally opens just the door. Yeah. In. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just how intricate they made this, the idea of, his personalities and really fleshing it out with like, you know, with the light and the physical different physical traits. Like they just really made you buy into it. And then McAvoy's performance on top of it. Just, 
Yeah, that whole sitting in chairs in a circle and then one of you stands in the light whole mentality is really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting way to picture it. Yeah. And kind of what goes on. Um, so they, there's also, I think we're introduced at some point in here to the psychiatrist. Uh, she's getting emails that uh, he needs to meet. And then when he comes, there's something off about him that she, you know, she can tell because she knows him and his personality so well. Because the one she's normally talking to is Barry, who yeah. is like a fashion designer. And I guess he's like the most social of the personality. Yeah, the most like the extroverted. Talker, the talker, yeah. So, But she's aware enough of who Dennis is, even though she's never talked to Dennis. Uh, she's aware enough of his OCD that she picks up on some things, realizes that it's actually Dennis imitating... Pretending to be Barry. Barry. Yeah. Which I found a little bit convenient. You know, I've, maybe it's one of the things where I'm like, because I get all the, the split personality stuff, but can one of the personalities really imitate another personality see, what that I, well? Yeah. I, I don't know. What I originally thought it was, I thought an easier way around that is they should just make Barry a part of the horde and then that be his part of the plan as he's the talker, he's the mm. one to ease the psychiatrist over while everything was going on. So I felt like that would have been just an easy way around it instead of having Dennis impersonate him. But yeah. then she wouldn't have realized that Barry was actually the one sending the emails. I have to say, though, the scene where she finally gets him to admit that it is Dennis is strong. That is a strong oh, scene. Oh, yeah. see him turn into Dennis. Yeah. yeah. And like she's like saying like how she's been wanting to meet Dennis. Yeah. Because he is one of the strong personalities. And like I, said, I was James McAvoy just changing his face, and you see that yeah, he is now something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the frow. Oh, oh man. I and and her performance there is great too because you just sense how much she loves him in yeah. all of them. She genuinely cares and mm-hmm. is trying to like make this a safe thing and manageable for yeah, him. I love that she character. really does care. There's a moment in the movie where she's talking to her neighbor in her apartment and she says That was one of the bad actors I was talking about. The the neighbor lady. Oh, was she was horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. was so yeah. bad. But uh she uh, she was saying like that had to I, be a cameo of some sort. That had to be somebody's relative. Yeah. Well, Betty Buckley who is the uh, psychiatrist, she's been in <clears throat> other Shyamalan films before. She was oh, in okay. The Happening and others. But uh she uh she she says in the film instead of having a traditional family i've decided to take all my patients and treat them as family so Mm -hmm. she does care about these people yeah absolutely on an emotional level as well as a professional level yeah and she's completely non-judgmental she's you know so in she's doing you know this incredible research on you know physiology changes and those kind of things and uh, yeah it's really interesting character uh but yeah there's a moment where he changes and there's there's a few moments before that too where she's really identifying it um, there's something about walking through trash, uh, which I don't know. Intentionally. That was, yeah, intentionally, which I don't know if that was she necessary, that was but I got act, it. Yeah, but that's yeah. a little Sherlock-ish for yeah. <laughs> a psychiatrist. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of going on there. And then in the trap, there's another escape attempt by the other girl. So once they try to escape, they're separated. And this is where you talk about the exploitive nature of them taking off their clothes. Yeah. Which was a dentist thing, not just because he liked them to take off their clothes, but also because he was a neat freak and he needed them uh, to do it, but it is also something that is so very important to what we know about uh, Anya's character that she wears many shirts because she yeah. has to take off her shirt like three times. Hedwig even says it too. He's, He's like, like, Dennis says you have a lot of shirts. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I so, didn't think anything of it. <laughs> and uh, and the reason is because we have to wait to see her skin until the final reveal. And so it's yeah. kind of a way for 
you know, for us to kind of be foreshadowed on that. Yeah, and, and I felt like it that. was all very intentional. Yeah. So so they're in different rooms now. And what else is going on at this point? Is there anything else, you know, to talk about before we kind of get to... Um, well, I mean, we're still well getting... Patricia comes in and she... Well, I guess before this, Patricia comes in and fixes them food and takes them in. To that have was the second escape, yeah. Yeah, which was nail-biting, honestly. Yeah. Whenever she comes in and she has the knife and she has that girl cornered up against the wall and she just poking the belly button with the knife and mm. oh so yeah that was a really good scene yeah but then uh after that uh well that's when we're also getting um like little flashbacks of um anya taylor joy's character as, as well we're kind of learning more about her and, and again her story is unfolding as the story and you see her like using the skills yeah her dad's teaching her how to hunt yeah we also find out that her abuse is is also a predator prey kind of thing, almost literally with him asking her to pretend to be an animal, you yeah. know, and so animals don't wear clothes, take off your clothes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so again, going with all the themes in the movie. And so you're starting to get a sense. And here's the other misdirect, I think, for a twist. I think the other possible twist is that all of these characters are actually her split personalities from dealing with you know the the trauma that she was going yeah, through. That's where I thought it was going. I thought it, yeah, she exactly was, that it was all in her head. And I think we're led to believe that. I think that's you know again yeah. that's intentional. And I think if that would have happened, I think we wouldn't have been disappointed, but we would have been like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, right. Not just like this elated like oh okay so. <laughs> and this is whenever Hedwig comes in a second time and is like. Would you want to come to my room and listen to music, and uh, I'll show you some cool stuff, show you the window, and then that's when she gets the walkie-talkie. Yeah. Yeah, the walkie-talkie. And uh, she radios for help. Hedwig turns back into Patricia, and then she says, tonight you're going to meet the Beast. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's whenever Dennis takes over, goes to uh, to the train station, and you're blowing my mind right here, man. With this whole train station thing. <laughs> Before that, by the way, the psychiatrist does come over because she gets a whole bunch of emails uh, yeah. from. And, and I guess what's happening is Barry is actually coming to the light and every once in a while and emailing while they're sleeping uh, that they need her help. And so she does come to the actual place. And again, more tension, more great, you know, uh, stuff going on. And but she is eventually knocked out, thrown on the couch, but she manages to leave something jammed in like a handkerchief jammed in the uh in the door Which, uh, for yeah. escape yeah but she also writes down on a piece of paper kevin's full, full name, name and and, well that's tower. later that's later while she's well when she wakes up when she but, wakes up yeah. yeah we need we need to talk about how earlier whenever she's first talking to dennis because dennis is reluctant to admit that he's dennis and she says all i have to do is say kevin's full name and all of the personalities will come to the light at the same time. And he's like, please don't do that. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so whenever well, and she, she even says, I don't want to do that yeah, because I don't, don't want to do... hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. So Dennis knocks her out. And then he then she wakes up after she the reason why he knocks her out is because she finds the girls and she's like, please let them go. You don't have to do this. Then he uh, knocks her out. She wakes up, and she's still groggy from the drugs. She writes down Kevin's full name on a piece of paper, and she says, say his full name. Mm -hmm. And then writes it down, yeah. And then writes it down. 
And then that's whenever... That's when the beast gets back to that's when, the compound, right? Yeah. Because Dennis goes to the train station and he finally transforms into the beast. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Like, really terrifying. He has, uh, physio- you know, the physiology changes with, you know, his veins popping out and he uh, gets stronger and bigger was, and can climb on walls. And- like, I love that. Like, I know certain people are like, that's a little, it was a little bit too... Um, it was for me at first. But I, 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 were in I, was, I was in it though because I was just like because I had been buying into what she had been saying earlier in the thing. Even though the, even though I thought it was ridiculous, I did love the climbing on the ceiling, knocking out the light scene. I thought that was really oh, cool. Yeah. That was I cool. thought that was so cool. The part that I thought and was then, beyond ridiculous was the knife. The knife breaking. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, really? it was showing like he he took on the physiology. It was the belief mm-hmm. over like physiology. Yeah, and that's what. But and then, like you said, once the unbreakable, that's what made it like, oh, okay. Yeah, but I was like, already buying into it, though. So he goes back and he does, he kills the psychiatrist by crushing basically crushing her, her spine, which breaks her in half. Was awesome. Uh, then he kills both the girls. We find out eats, uh, and eats them. Mm-hmm. Eating them. Uh, I don't think we actually see him feasting on them. We see one of them get dragged away. No, then it shows him like eating her arm. Yeah, he oh, like, does had, it? like okay. A, yeah. yeah, okay. So he was chewing more than scenery. He was he was actually <laughs> yeah. chewing human bodies. Um, and then, uh, so they're both dead. And then he's after Anya. Anya. And there's a chase, and it's tense, and it's incredible. And she eventually uh, finds a gun, and she uses her training from her dad to try to shoot him. She shoots him point blank with a rifle twice. twice. Shotgun twice. And yeah. he keeps coming, and she's locked herself in a cage, and he bends the bars of the cage. When he is, but he's doing it, and the blood is like coming from his mouth, and he's just so crazy, and he's like yelling his craziness while he's doing it. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice! That that was actually after he found out what he found out because her shirt, her last shirt, got torn, and you find out she's got scars all over her from her abuse. And for him, he that is he doesn't want the other girls were well. The other girls were impure because they've never been broken. Right? He realizes, oh, you have been broken. You've you felt the pain, and mm-hmm. then that's what sympathize, and then you just walked away. Yeah, yeah. So ah, it was so rejoice. And then we're left we're left with her. Yeah, uh, finding out she's actually been in a zoo. It's actually the the basement catacombs of the Philadelphia Zoo, um, which could have been another clue. Philadelphia, although most of M Night's movies are in Philadelphia. So you know, I've been to the Philadelphia Zoo like four times. It mm-hmm. doesn't look like that. It <laughs> doesn't have tigers <laughs> roaming around in cages above you. No, it does not. <laughs> I would have remembered that. So she, the police say, you're safe now, and we'll take you back to, you know, your uncle, and the look on her face, which is how I thought the movie, this is how I thought the movie was going to end, because actually they put up the split title right after that, right? Like, it's all, like, even before we get to Bruce Willis, uh, really? Yeah. It's like, it's like a 10 second, like, fade to black, and then it comes back up. Okay. Because I was like, is this the end? Because after, after we see it, because it zooms in on that, the statue of the lion, Mm-hmm. And then after that, it fades into that. Uh, I'm about to sneeze. Sorry. Do it. Do it. Sneeze it. Strawberry. 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 Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> so crisis averted. Yes. So after the it shows the lion statue, then it fades over to that house that he's hiding in, and he's talking to himself oh, in the yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. mirrors. Hmm. Which that yeah. was a cool scene too. Yeah. yeah. Which also, by the way, reminiscent of um, Unbreakable has a lot of mirror shots. That's what that was one of the themes in Unbreakable was the yeah. the mirrors. Yeah. So then after that, we come to the last fifteen seconds of this movie where 
it's it takes place in a diner and it's the news talking about this split personality mm-hmm. having these women in the basement of the, the zoo, horde. and they call him the horde and then somebody in the diner says this is just like that crazy guy in the wheelchair 15 years ago what was and his somewhere, name somewhere in the back of the theater you hear aaron go what yes. <laughs> and, I, and i'm just sitting next to devon slapping him on his mr glass mr glass, was like, mr. glass. Mr. glass. and yeah like i said like i didn't notice the the score was playing either yeah. and then just it was magical and then we <laughs> see bruce willis saying his name was mr glass okay a couple <laughs> things before before we finish the spoiler cast number one i did want to mention how do we feel about the ending of the main plot with her in the police car um, being ambiguous? Because she never really says she's not going back. We don't really have any resolution with her and her uncle. How did you feel? What did you feel was going to happen with her from that point? I have no idea. Here's what I thought. So she, in that moment, realized she had escaped one horror only to realize that she was about to begin another one again Mm -hmm. like she hadn't escaped yet no she was still a she was still a prey yeah she was still prey and still had a predator after her yeah i'd take something away now now that i think about it because when after you see the ending and we know we're in this Mm -hmm. this universe now like and apparently when you're broken and you have some sort of loss and you have something happen that's like what they're implying is how you get these abilities and she the uh psychologist had said something like that in the lecture she mm. said like people experiencing these traumas and might awaken certain things so now what if she's experienced two types of trauma now like could she be in the in a future film and have some sort of ability Absolutely or something? I th- think that's wide open so that that's she could what, become part of that so that's my biggest takeaway, I think. Um, I, I think the way the policewoman looked at her uh, when she told him we were taking back to your uncle, I think we are left to believe that they're picking up that something's not right here yeah, and yeah. that she has found the strength to be able to say something or do something. It's, it feels yeah. to me like she's okay. considering. That's, that's kind of what I got, too. Which I, I, I would take that ending as well because, yeah, for sure, I think she is figured out like okay i can kind of face anything because at this they, point now the cops see all the scars on her because she's not covered up or anything she right. has all the scars all over from yeah, that's her true uncle. that's true i do think it's purposefully ambiguous and and that's okay with me that doesn't bother me at all um and then the other question is do you want the third movie and what do you want it to be about i want it right now and i want it to be a fight between uh the the man and the hooded man, which is Bruce Willis's uh-huh. character, and the Horde. David Dunn in the Horde. I don't know if I want to be a straight up like versus movie or anything, but I'd like to just see them kind of expand into the world now. Like, okay, like it's out there; it's not a surprise anymore. Like, there's a universe of this now. So let's yeah. just let's just dive in and explore a little bit more. There's I, no I maybe I find fight. some other characters, really more things uh, with the train accident. But no, I mean, I do want them to meet. There's yeah. no possible way that he can pull this off again. Like, we can't get, like, the third no. movie in this universe where we have the same reaction at the end where it's like, oh, we didn't realize it was another Unbreakable movie. No, it's it's to the point now we're going to be looking for it now, whatever his next movie <laughs> every, is. Every M. Night movie, like, what universe in? is this in? Yeah. Um, I I totally agree. The next I, one is actually, gonna, the twist is going to be that it was in The Last Airbender the whole time. Or what if, yeah. <laughs> what if M. Night like, just starts crossing you, streams and connecting other movies together? Andrew, you shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I hope for a, another one, too. And uh, if M. Night continues to think 
on this level. I I just trust him to do whatever. What, um, what would so, you want out of the third movie? I like I said, I trust. I, I will trust what he wants to do with it. I would love to see the juxtaposition of those three main characters: Mister Glass, the Horde, and the Hooded Man, or David Dunn. Um, and I, it would not surprise me if there were that. That could be a very interesting quote unquote love triangle where you don't know who's working with who or for what purpose, because any any of those combinations could work as a team-up. Even David Dunn and the Horde could work to be on the same side, because remember, the Horde has 20 other personalities inside yeah. that aren't you know uh, a part of the darkness. So there's a real interesting yeah. dichotomy there. And Mr. Um, Glass is in prison, right? I was going right? mm-hmm. to say, yeah, would you Mr. Glass to team up with the Horde and Anya to team up with Bruce Willis and have like a... Uh, what I'm saying is, and I don't know about Anya. If Anya, I mean, if Anya's in it, that's fine. But I was even just thinking of three of them. You could see Bruce Willis going to get Mister Glass out of prison, and them teaming up to deal with the horde. Uh, you know, so there's there's a lot of different ways that quote unquote love triangle could go. Yeah. But um. But yeah, it, it'll just be it'll be fun and interesting to see. And and I agree, it'll be a totally different experience knowing from the beginning. Oh, we're in the unbreakable universe, and you know, here let's play with it. Let's have some fun. So yeah. here's the thing. Shyamalan movies don't have to have a twist. No. So it's just that they all do. What if the twist is there's no twist? But Hitchcock had the same thing, yeah. right? Everybody expected, you know, the the Hitchcock twist to come at some point in the Hitchcock cameo, which by the way, we didn't talk about M. Night's cameo, which I they're always awful for yeah. me. Yeah, I, that I was like, real weird. Uh it's just yeah, enforced. They always feel forced to me. Yeah. Um so uh so anyways, uh Hitchcock dealt with the same thing. You just I mean that's there's kind of a good thing to that. You've you've built a an impression and yeah. people know what to expect. So like I said, I wouldn't even really consider this one a twist even. It's just kind of a reveal of information, just like yeah. yeah. Like this is something we kind of left out like, "Oh yeah, we're in this." I would same consider it a twist just world. because I a twist is some, is information you get that reveals something you didn't know that changes everything you've seen before it. And yeah. this definitely does that. Okay. So, oh, that definition, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, anything else, guys? I want to see it again so yeah. I can like it, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch Unbreakable, and then I'm going to go see Split again at some I'm point. I'm so happy I blew your minds with the train thing. Oh, yeah. That oh, was so my wonderful. Gosh. That was so <laughs> great. It was oh, just my. a little piece of what happened last night, because we, we had all our minds blown last night. So Man, that if, was you were, if you would have told me that last night, I, I wouldn't have slept. I wouldn't have slept. <laughs> That's why I didn't sleep last night. Yeah. I had trouble going to sleep last night. Uh, all right, we'll be back next week. Um, Andrew, do you know what movies we got coming out next week? Uh, Gold comes out next okay. week. Uh, so does yeah, A Dog's Purpose, which there. I don't know if you're going to talk about A Dog's Purpose. But Gold is the big one. Um, okay, well, we'll be back with something next week. We'll have a good time, and we'll catch you there. Thanks for tuning in. Peace! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.